Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. You know, Pastor Travis asked me if I would preach this morning and if I would uh, close out his sermon that he's been preaching for for four weeks and I said sure thanks you know like what do I got to add to that right he's been you've been doing it for four weeks but no I was thinking I was thinking about when I when I was thinking about what what do I want to bring Lord what do you want me to to talk about I started thinking about you know we've been talking about making great families and 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 great family dynamics and I'm thinking to myself what do I want to talk about I started thinking you know what I'm going to talk I'm going to talk about the family tree, right? Because I started thinking, you know what? I spent, I spend, I'm like 25, 25, I'm 50 years old. I'm 50 years old, right? And I spend most of my life blaming my family for every decision, every bad decision that I've ever made. I, I, I became an alcoholic, blamed it on my parents. I became addicted to drugs, I blamed it on my parents. Check this out. I, I, I'm going to blow you guys' mind right now, okay? Because I've been hiding it pretty well for about 50 years. But, but I'm heavy. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I, I hide it very... But, but I've, been, I've been heavy most of my life. And, and, I, and I blame it on my parents. Am I the only one? I blame... Well, I don't know why. Because, you know, most families, when you go to most families, they got normal-sized people plates. They got, like, plate, dinner plates. No, we didn't. We had plates that were like this. Right? I found out that they weren't really plates. They were, you know those coasters that you put underneath your, uh, uh, your plates? To put, that's what we use as plates. But, but I remember my mom saying, you can't get off your, your, your chair into every single piece of food is off that plate. It didn't matter if I was full. It didn't matter. If, like, I used to go visit my friends, and, and they were blessed. They got to eat McDonald's and stuff, and I didn't. But, but like, they would, they would, their mom would bring McDonald's every day, and, and I would eat McDonald's, and I can eat some McDonald's. And, and I would eat some McDonald's, and then I'd have to be home for dinner time, and then I had to eat my dinner too. So this right here is my mom's fault. Now, this is what's got me in trouble is I've spent my whole life blaming my parents blaming my mom for giving me up when I was eight years old, blaming my dad for never being there, blaming my stepmom for being a stepmom, blaming everybody for my choices. So when Pastor Travis said, you know, I want you to, to preach this Sunday, I knew exactly what to preach on. And so today we're going to preach on the family tree. You guys ready? Hold on, I'm going to read a verse out of the Bible that most of us don't read, okay, if we're honest, and we are in church, so if we're honest, we're going to talk about the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 1, verse, verses 1 through 16, now check this out, if you see your neighbor falling asleep while I'm reading, nod him a little bit, okay, because I know this is, like listen, I start reading Matthew Chapter 1, and about the, the fourth name, I like, skip that, right? I can't even pronounce them, you know, but, but listen, so verse 1, this is what it says. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. 
Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Solomon, Solomon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Rahab or uh, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. And Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Ammon. Ammon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of um, the exile of Babylon. You guys awake? Yep. We're almost almost there. Hang hang tight. After the exile of Babylon, uh, Jeconiah... Jeconiah was the father of Sheatiel. Sheatiel was the father of Zerubbabel. 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 Zerubbabel, the father of Abiahud. Abiahud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, Azor, Azor the father of Zadok. And Zadok, the father of Akim. Akim, the father of Eliahud. Eliahud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Methan. Methan, the father of Jacob, finally a name I can pronounce. <laughs> Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. You guys ready? All right, you guys awake? Is this the first time you guys have ever read this? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know, again, I want to thank Pastor Travis for allowing me to preach this morning. And, um, you know, I was thinking, uh, you know, we've been talking about making great families. And, um, and how many of you guys know that um, in Jesus' family tree, we're going to talk about the family tree, but I'm not going to talk about my family tree. I'm going to talk about Jesus' family tree this morning because in the importance of having a great family tree, Right? Today I'm going to preach on this list of Jesus' family tree, just to let you know that, 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 that listen, when we, when we read this list, there is power in the list. There is, there is revelation in the list. God reveals his, the nature of who he is in this list. Listen, we can't we can skip the list. In fact, I feel like we have to take a good look at this list for the mere fact of what Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is what, 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 uh, what Paul writes. He says, all scripture is God-breathed 
and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other words, Paul is saying that every single word, every single sentence, every single paragraph, every piece of punctuation, every word of God that is packed in, in, in the word of God carries power, carries dynamite. It is packed with truth that will change Listen to this. It will change your life forever if you let it. I know you, what you guys are thinking. Usually I'm moving around a lot, but there's times when I listen to Pastor Travis, and I know better. My mind's telling me not to do it, but my body's, or my body's telling me not to do it, but my mind's saying, no, I could do it. And yesterday he talked me into playing a couple of games of basketball with some young kids. <laughs> and I can't feel my body from here down. <laughs> So, so, so this table is, is doing its job. It's holding me up. It's what it's doing. So, you know, every once in a while, I, you know, listen to your pastor, but you don't have to, every once in a while, you got to have wisdom. <laughs> we cannot skip the list. Because how many of you guys know that if we skip the list, then we wouldn't really get to know but one of our favorite holidays is, and, and that's Christmas. If we, if we skip the list, we, we really wouldn't know what Christmas is really about. I'm not talking a Christmas message, but, but you understand, we spend all our time chasing this little fat guy in a red suit and giving away presents that don't carry any power or anything, and that's what we celebrate on Christmas. If we skip the list, that's what we'll continue to celebrate the rest of our life. If we skip the list... We will never know why a few wise men traveled miles and miles and miles to give incense to, to, uh, in, uh, to, to a baby. If we skip the list, we will never understand or begin to comprehend the majesty, the beauty, the, the, the mystery of how a God who the heavens cannot contain will humble himself enough to be held by human hands. Come on, church, we can't skip the list. You have to understand that the only reason that you're here, that the only reason that we get to celebrate this morning, that the only reason we get to worship, the only reason we get to enjoy all this is because of the list. Thank you. Somebody got that. You don't understand that without Jesus' family tree, none of this would be possible. Without your family tree, there would be no you. Come on, somebody needs to hear that. Without your family tree, there wouldn't be any you. Yeah, Javi, that sounds great, but you don't understand. You don't know my family. They're crazy. They're dysfunctional. Without your dysfunctional family, there, was, there wouldn't be you. So I'm going to talk about the list. I'm going to talk about who wrote the list. And I'm going to talk about why he wrote the list. All right? 
See, first of all, the Gospel of Matthew is written by a guy named Matthew. You guys are way better than first service. Thank you. Woo. And Matthew is writing primarily to a Jewish audience. And this is important. I want you guys to, to pay attention. Because you have to understand that, the, that all gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all had a name. They all had an agenda. They all wanted to accomplish something in their, while they were writing their gospels. They, 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 their agenda determined how they were going to rep, represent Jesus to their audience. And their agenda was heavily influenced by the audience they were speaking to. Come on, you guys. You, you guys know that when you're telling a story, your story is significantly shaped by who you're telling the story to. Right? So watch this. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. So he is trying to get them to the Jewish people to understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of over 3,000 Old Testament prophecies. He's trying to make them understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that they've been waiting for, right? He's trying to get the Jewish people to understand, watch this, that not only is Jesus the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but he is also, watch this, by birth of the lineage of Abraham and as a descendant of David. So Matthew, this is what Matthew's saying, that no matter how you cut it, no matter how you, how you unwrap it, Jesus is King. He is the king of the universe. He is the king of humanity because he is the seed of David. Either way you cut it, either way you look at it, Jesus is king. That's why Jesus carries so much authority on earth. Listen, because Jesus knew who he was and what he was put on this earth to do. Check this out. Jesus knew who he was and he knew what he was put on this earth to do somebody's got to hear that today see I'm beginning to think that these two things right here are the two greatest things you could ever receive in your entire life the day you realize who you really are not who people say you are. Not what your family past, your family's past or your family's choices say you are. But when you really realize, when you really identify what your identity, what your true identity and your assignment is on earth, it will change your life forever. Come on, you got to hear that this morning. If you really understand who you are, and whose you are, it will change you forever. It has to. Do you understand that? You would throw yourself a party, I think. The day you understand that, it would change your life and it would change your family's life because you understand who you are and whose you are. 
and it will turn your life upside down. The day you know your identity and your assignment. Your identity and your assignment. Come on, your identity and your assignment. Somebody say your identity and your assignments. Jesus knew his identity and he knew his assignment. Your IA, right? Not your IQ. Your IA. I don't want to know your IQ score. I want to know your IA score. I want to know your identity. If you know your identity and you know your assignment. Because when you know that, it will change your life forever. We had an incredible Wednesday service this past Wednesday. I, I want to thank uh, Brandon Gee. He, he, uh, he took over Wednesday for me last Wednesday. And he did us something a little bit different. He actually, you know, had a panel of our uh, adult leaders. And, and the youth got a chance to ask us some questions, several questions. And uh, one of the questions that they asked was, hey, why, why did you guys choose to work with youth, or why did you guys choose to be youth pastors? And when it came around to me, I started talking, and I said, you know what? I was raised by a family. It wasn't a, it wasn't a terrible family, but it wasn't a great family. See, my dad, who had been married for 14 years, had an affair on his wife with a young girl and had me. And when my uncles found out that an old guy had gotten their little sister pregnant, they were out to kill him. So my dad fled the country and moved to the United States. Fast forward eight, nine years later, I was forced to come live with my dad and my stepmom. And my dad was never there, and my stepmom was a stepmom. And I was mistreated by my brothers and sisters, and I just felt like I had no hope in my life, like I, 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 I was an angry kid. I hated my life, hated everything about me. I, I even grew up to dislike Jesus or, and God and church. I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I said all that. I said, you know, I wish when I was you guys' age, not you guys, but the young kids that I was talking to. <laughs> I said, man, I wish I would have had somebody as cool as me. that would have told me that, you know what, that this isn't going to last forever. That there's hope that it's going to get better. But I couldn't see past my nose. I hated everything about my life. And so afterwards, oh, so I said, that that's the reason when I had a chance to work with, work with young people, I devoted myself to working with young people. Because if, if I can let God use me to change one person in my lifetime, it will be well worth it, everything, yeah. that I, everything that I went through. Just that one more, one more kid. So afterwards, I had a chance to speak with this young lady, and she was, my story kind of resonated with her story, and I didn't get permission to, 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 to say this. I'm not going to say her name, but I was talking to her. And she, I don't know exactly how she said it, but she said, Javier, how did you find fulfillment? How did you find purpose? knowing that your, your real mom didn't want you and, and, and your stepmom was horrible and your upbringing. How did, how, did you, how did you get through that? And I began to tell her, you know, when I was your age, I couldn't see past my nose. All I saw was was right there in front of me. So I hated my life. I didn't understand it. I didn't like God because I didn't understand how a God can let a young person be born and go through all that. I didn't ask for it. 
But I said, man, I promise you this. If you continue to live for the Lord and allow God to be your everything and you completely surrender who you are to God, he will take you and give you hope and purpose. And I promise you this. One day, you will find yourself in front of somebody that's going through the same. I said, crap, first service. I can't say that in church. <laughs> the same stuff that you're going through. And you will be able to talk to this person and bring hope to them. Because you'll be able to tell them that it's not going to last forever. Amen. And I said the same weapon that the enemy uses to destroy you will be the same weapon that the enemy will use to glorify himself and bring you hope. And bring you purpose and remind you of your true identity and your assignment. You see, Jesus knew who he was and what he was called to do. And when you know that, you begin to understand that you are not your past. You are not a product of what your family did. You're the product of who he is and what he did. And you begin to understand your identity and your assignment. Come on, church, somebody today needs to hear that just because your dad was an alcoholic doesn't make you an alcoholic. Come on, somebody needs to hear that just because your parents got divorced doesn't mean that you can't have a great marriage. Just because, just because your family dynamics were, were horrible doesn't mean that you can't have a great family. Jesus knew who he was and what he was called to do. And when you know that, it will change your life forever. So Matthew goes on to say in verse 17, he says this, he says, Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. So he lists all these names of people, and then he puts them in three categories of 14s. And you know what, I, I wasn't very good in school. I had two good subjects. I was good at two subjects. I was good at PE and lunch. <laughs> you know? So I'm not very good, I, I'm not very good at math, but, but, but I think 314 equals 42. Am I right? So there was, there was 42 generations from Jesus all the way to Abraham. And I was cool with that. I was cool with that list. You know, I read it all, so I was like, cool with it. But did you know that Luke has a list too? You know that? And did you know that Luke doesn't trace Jesus' family tree to Abraham? Luke traces Jesus' family all the way to Adam. And I figure out that the reason he does that is because he's a doctor. And doctors are very thorough, right? They, they want to know everything. They want to, they want to know the history. I mean, you, you ever been to a doctor? And they ask you, hey, does your great, 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 great grandpa have a mole in his cheek too? And you're like, uh, uh, I don't know. 
I, I never thought about that. I have them all, but I don't, you know. They're very thorough. So Luke, he says that there are 77 generations from Adam all the way to Jesus. So we're going to read them right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> See, here's the problem I have with that. If you look at Matthew's list and then you look at Luke's list, you realize that, hey, there's some names left out. Matthew edited the list, right? He cut some names out. I thought that was kind of funny because, come on, we've all been at family reunions, right? And you're like, man, if I can, I want to edit that one out. Come on. Let's get real. We're in church, but we can get real. Man, if I can just edit some people out of my life, you know? We all have those family members that, never mind, we just, I'm like, that's a whole different sermon. Yeah, we, we, would edit, we would edit some people out of our lives, right? And this was very common back in Bible days, right? They would edit their genealogy. They would edit their family. Watch this. Because their family tree was their resume. It was their resume. You know, you go to look for a job, you say, hey, here's my resume. I know him, and I know him, I'm related to him, right? That was your resume. So you would want to put your best foot forward. You would want to put the best people in your life, in your, that are in your life, right, Steve? Yeah, there's some people we would leave out, right? <laughs> a few. You would edit the people that were kind of shady, kind of cray-cray. So that we can present the best part of our family tree. And isn't it funny that a family tree is an account? You guys ever thought of that? And they would only post the people on their account that made them look good. They would only post the people on their account that would make them look amazing. Doesn't that kind of sound like social media? That's what social media is today. You just put, you know, the pose that you want people to see. That's why I think it's crazy that we're killing ourselves, comparing our family dynamics and comparing our, our, our families to people that are posting on social media because they're just posting a post. It's just a fraction of their life. It's not the whole story. You got to know the whole story. You just can't kill yourself trying to be like somebody just because they put something pretty on. I was going to put some pretty pictures of my family because everybody that I talk to, they think that I got angels for daughters and I keep telling them that. That's just, that's just the post. That's just the, the Snapchat. You, you, you don't know the whole story. You weren't there during the teenage years. I had two girls. I, I don't have any hair because I had two girls. Yeah, they're cute. But perfect, far from. I'm only saying that because my daughter's watching right now. So she knows what I'm talking about. She knows stories that I don't know. I don't want to know. It's not confession hour. I did my best, Lord. She belong- she's somebody else's problem now. 
See, the thing is this, if I start thinking, if, if this is the list that Jesus wants to put out there, you would think that he would put out the best list, right? He would, he would make his list look good. He would make his list look amazing. He's putting his best foot, best foot forward. Have you noticed the names that Jesus put on his list? Of course you didn't, because you don't read the list. You skip all the way down to verse 19. You're like, the, so be had so bad. I'm not reading that. I'm just going to go to 19, right? I don't need to know those names. You can't skip the list. But what I want to show you is this. I want to show you the list. I want to show you. The list that we love to see. Babe, I'm gonna, can you hand me? I got a little thing I'm going to do. See if I can do a better job this time than I did first service. This right here is the list that we love to see. This is Jesus' family tree that we all love to see, right? This is Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And they look so perfect, right? They, they, they got the perfect skin. Never mind that they're in the, some Middle Eastern country. Somehow they managed to have perfect skin. They have baby Jesus, the first baby to never cry. They're perfect, right? That's what we love to see. That's what we go to. We skip verses 1 through 17 and we go right to the birth of Jesus. But we can't skip the list. Listen, I'm going I'm to show you what the list should really look like. This is, this is, the, this is the list. I'm going to play with this a little bit. Is that okay? I'm going to play with it. This is the list right here. This is, this is what the list should really, really look. Come on, cooperate. This is what the list should really look like. I'm going to just sit her right here like this. Last, last service, I had one singing to me the whole service. It was great. This is what the list should, should look like right here. We got this girl. And we got this, this, girls. These are not my Barbies, so don't judge me. I borrowed them. <laughs> okay, this one's mine. I bought this one last night. Um, but, but, but you got these girls. This is what, what Jesus' family tree really looks like. Okay? And it's crazy to me. They all look so nice, so beautiful, but... But this is in the story. This is, this, is just, this is just a clip. This is just a portion of this. This is not the whole story, right? We love to see just a, a little bit of the story. And I was thinking when I was doing this, this doesn't look right, right? <laughs> but do you understand that to Matthew's Jewish audience, when they made Jesus' list of his family tree, and these Jewish people heard that Jesus had the nerve, the audacity, to put women on his list, they probably thought the same thing. This doesn't look right. Because in that time that they lived, Women weren't treated fairly, right? Women were never mentioned in people's family trees. Do your homework. 
look at all the family trees in the Bible, nobody ever mentions women. Except for in Jesus' family tree. Right? See, back then you wouldn't say, do you know who my mama is? You would say, do you know who my daddy is? Because that right there is what carried power. That right there was your resume. That's what made you. Was what men you were related to. Do you see what I see right here? Do you see the goodness of God? Can anybody see through this? Okay, I'll explain it to you. In a culture where they wouldn't even list one woman, Jesus said, oh, you don't want to list one woman? I'm going to list one. I'm going to list two. I'm going to list three. I'm going to list four. I'm going to list five women. In a culture where they wouldn't even list one, Jesus said, I'm going to list five. Five. He listed five women. Five. You guys understand the numbers mean something in the Bible? Do you know what the number five means? Thank you. The number five is the number of grace. And that's why I love God because of his grace. Because you know what God's grace does? God's grace includes people the cultures exclude. God's grace includes, includes people that most people wouldn't include. How I many of you know that you don't get to pick who God uses? You don't get to pick who God blesses. God's grace is for everybody. God's grace is for men. God's grace is for women. God's grace is for skinny people. God's grace is for chubby people. Thank you, Lord. God's grace is for black people. It's for white people. It's for brown people. It's for purple people, green people. God's grace is for everybody. Watch this. God's grace, I'm not going to give very many amens, but God's grace is for Democrats. God's grace is for Republicans. God's grace is for everybody. The people that you don't want to put on your table, God says, you know what, you don't got room for them, bring them here. Amen. There is room on my family tree. This is what his grace does. Five women were mentioned in his family tree. So I got excited. I said, man, five women, that's awesome, right? In a culture where women aren't noticed, God put five women. So I got excited. I mean, but then I realized, do you know who these women are? I mean, do you know who these women are? I was like, if you're going to put your best foot forward, if you're going to bring the best five women, why these women? Why not like Mother Teresa or, 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 or some about these five? 
Do you know who these five, do you know who these women, do you know who this girl is? Not Elsa, but do you know who this girl is? This is Tamar. Do you guys know who Tamar is? Let me tell, I'm going to give you guys the Googles version. Okay? Googles. <laughs> if you guys want to know the real, the whole story, it's found in Genesis 38. Tamar was widowed twice by two brothers. And her father-in-law, Judah, promised her another husband. But he never came through with that promise. And Tamar's sister got mad. Right? She got mad. So, so you know what she did? She dressed up like a prostitute. And she went to a brothel where her father-in-law frequently visited. And she got with her father-in-law. Right? This is a crazy family. Check this out. So, Tamar... This guy says a prostitute goes to this brothel and she gets pregnant by her father-in-law. But she was smart, you know? You know what she did? She went and got her, her daddy's fruit of the looms, whitey tidies, and she kept them, right? So later on, when the father-in-law, didn't, he didn't know that it was her at the brothel, finds out that she's pregnant, he shames her in front of everybody. He says, we're going to burn you to death. And she's like, okay, 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 but before you do that, let me tell you something. She goes back there. She grabs those whitey tighties, right? She brings them up, and all of a sudden, her father-in-law realizes what's going on. He's like, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, let her go. Let her go. I got jokes. I got jokes. I'm here all day. This is Tamar. This is in your Bible. I want you guys to know that. This, how, how about this girl right here? She's singing again. It's awesome. Stop it. This is Rahab. This is nice. That princess Jasmine. This is Rahab. Rahab. You can read it in Joshua chapter 2. Rahab didn't have to dress up like a prostitute. She was a prostitute. Right? And the Bible says that when Joshua sent the, the two spies to go see the, the, the promised land that God has, had given us, promised to us, he, he says that these two spies found themselves at her house. And the Bible says that Rahab... Protected the spies from Jericho, and her whole family was what was 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 redeemed and rescued, and and um and and, and 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 you know what's crazy is that when I hear this story, people like to preach about Rahab, the prostitute, right? They're really quick to preach about that, but I'm more concerned about the spies. I mean, I, I sit there and think like, well, wait a minute. These two spies from the camp of God find themselves at a prostitute's house. How did they find their way there if they knew she was a prostitute? 
right? But that's a message for next week. I'll let Pastor Travis talk about that one. <laughs> You're welcome. What about Ruth? This is Ruth right here. Hi, Ruth. Right? This is Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite, which means that basically she's a pagan, right? Moabites were sexually immoral. And God never allowed them to come to assemblies of God's people. I mean, Moabites were sexually perverted people, right? And so, so Ruth connects with her mother-in-law, Naomi, right? And she says, I'm going to follow you wherever you go, and your God is going to be my God, and your people are going to be my people, right? And because, because Ruth did that, because of, God, of a godly connection and a godly decision, she gets a husband and gets into Jesus' family tree, right? Now check this girl out. This, is, this, one's, this one's a special one. She needs clothes on. That's what she needs. But she's a special one, right? This girl, this girl, this one's interesting because they don't say that Matthew doesn't say her name, right? You guys remember he says this. He says, um, he says that this is Uriah's wife, Solomon's mother, right? I think it's interesting what Matthew's doing here. You know what Matthew's doing here? What he's doing is he's reminding us of what King David did. Right? Check this out. He's reminding us not of what David did when he killed Goliath. He's reminding us of David, a a man after God's own heart, right? He's at a rooftop one day, and he's watching Bathsheba, and Bathsheba's taking a bath. And David sees her, and he sends her a text message, right? And he says, hey, girl, how you doing? Saw you taking a bath. You want to come over? Happy face? man after God's own heart committed murder adultery this is Jesus' family tree right here, it's in the Bible right it's in the Bible oh wait wait, and Mary, we can't forget Mary right, this is a teenage girl who's running around town telling everybody she's pregnant and it's God's baby. This is in your Bible. It's Jesus' family tree. Do you see what I see? See, in Jesus' family, you got not, this is just a few. I can give you more, but you got a family. You, go, you got murder, right? 
You got lying. You got scandal. You got rape. You got incest. You got all kinds of sexual sin, disease. You know what's crazy? We read this, and we still have people sitting in this church saying, you know what? There's no way God can do anything with me. There's no, you don't know my past. You don't know my family. You don't know where I come from. You're trying to tell me that the, the, the God of the universe, the God that created everything, he can reach down into your mess and bring you out of it? Your family dynamics, your family past, what your parents have put over you, what your great-grandparents have put over you, whatever it is, you're trying to tell me that that carries more power than your heavenly father who you trust in? Listen, what I'm saying today is that when you know your identity and when you know your assignment, it will change your life forever. Yeah. Listen, I tell the youth all this all the time. It's all, it's all about who you are, knowing who you are and whose you are. Right? When you know who you are and whose you are, your life will change forever. Not in might. I serve a powerful God, and I know that my, I'm not a product of my past. I'm a product of who he is. I can sit up here and talk about my family dynamics because that's not who I am. Listen, listen, check this out. You want to blame stuff and who you are on your lineage? You want to blame uh, uh, who you are on, on your genealogy? Then go back all the way. Don't just stop where, where it feels comfortable for you. Because I feel like we make excuses. Well, I'm this way because my daddy had an affair. I'm this way because my, my stepmom treated me bad. I'm this way. Listen, you want to you wanna blame somebody for who you are? Take it all the way back because the God that I serve says that my, Jesus' DNA runs through my veins. I am a product of him. And when I find out my identity and my assignment, guess what? My life drastically changes. And it will never go back to what it used to be. Yeah. Right? Because there's no past that I want to go back to. My past is, is not a product of who I am. My heavenly father who I've surrendered my life to, who's given me a second chance when I don't deserve it, that's who I am a product of. Yeah. Come on, somebody's got to clap to that. Matthew, you can come up here if you want right now. Listen, I said all that to say this, okay? You want to create a great family? You want to create a family that's nothing like what the family that you came from? It's really simple. This is all you got to do. All you got to do is give 100%. You want a great family? All you got to do is give 100%, right? You want a great family? All you got to do is give 100% of yourself to the Lord. That's it. It's not about you. It's not about what you can. It's about him through you that's going to change your generation. That's going to change your family. That's going to change your family dynamics. That's going to make great families. It has nothing to do with you. 
And when you realize that your identity, what your identity is, and what your assignment is, you stop making excuses and blaming everybody else for what God has already done. The same weapon that the enemy uses to destroy you will be the same weapon that God uses to glorify himself and to give you hope and purpose and life. He says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. To the fullest. You know, I'm reading this book right now and this guy says that 100%, 99%, 100% of people in this world only live, live their life at 40% of their purpose. Check this out. If you're on your own business, if you have a five-bedroom house and the four-car garage with all the toys and, and the beautiful wife and the, and the perfect kids, you're only living at 40% of your potential because God wants more for you. There is something that you haven't tapped into. We just live this life of satisfaction, be content with where we're at. You know what? Well, at least I'm not as fat as that person. I'm tired of that. You know what? I thank God for a pastor like Pastor Travis that sits up here and is an example of what we should be doing. And I'm praying that some of his grace, some of his energy rubs off on me a little bit. Because I need to lose like one or two hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? Stop making excuses. Today is the day that God wants you to know your identity and your assignment. Amen? Is that all right? Is that all right? Is that okay? Do you guys receive that? Come on, if, if, if that's you, I want you to just stand on your feet. Give God a big hand. Say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm tired of just being tired, Lord. I'm, I'm ready. This is not just a, a, a normal service. I am ready to, to find out my true identity. I am ready to go the extra mile. I'm ready to just surrender myself completely to you so that you can do whatever you want to do with me. If that's you, raise your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you so much. Father, I love you. Father, I thank you for who you are in my life. Father, I thank you for my dysfunctional family. I thank you for my dad who had an affair, but Lord, that doesn't define me. Lord, I thank you that I have the life that I have, but Lord, I'm not done. I'm ready to go. I'm not happy at 40% or 30%. I want to go the whole 100% with you, Lord. Father, I love you. I praise you. Father, I give you all the glory, all the praise. I surrender my life to you today. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. And if that's you, just give God a big shout today. Amen. God bless you guys. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.